Back to the bad old days in Beirut. Today, January 1st, 2014. This is the world. I'm Carol Hills. We start the year untangling the complicated politics that intersect in Lebanon's capital, Beirut. The BBC's Kim Gattis helps us understand her native country and its citizens. We love to hate Lebanon and we hate to love it, and that's who we are. Also, Iranian officials are tweeting like mad these days. Only problem is Twitter's banned in Iran. It sends a very bad message how the values are different for government officials and for ordinary people. And later, the key ingredient in a seasonal soup from northern Thailand. It's kind of like a puffball mushroom. It's kind of dark brown, kind of rubbery, a little bit bitter. Stories and gastronomy ahead. Support for PRI's The World comes from Medtronic Philanthropy, expanding access to chronic disease care for the underserved by supporting organizations in communities where they live and work, such as Memphis-based Church Health Center. You can learn more at MedtronicPhilanthropy.com. I'm Carol Hills, and for Marco Werman, this is The World. We're going to start the new year in Beirut, Lebanon. The explosive conflicts and political cross-currents there are not easy to untangle or simple to grasp. But Lebanon will likely be pivotal in 2014. The war in neighboring Syria is growing more intense, as is the spillover into Lebanon. That was apparent this week for the BBC's State Department correspondent, Kim Gattis. She was back home in Beirut for the holidays and was asked to cover the news of the car bomb that killed a moderate opposition leader and family friend. Kim was born and raised in Beirut during the Lebanese Civil War and then covered the region for many years before leaving for her post in Washington. It was as though I'd never left, as though the last six years of my life had never happened. I was still covering the assassination of bright, intellectual, moderate, liberal people targeted for their probably political views depriving the country of its brightest and best people and being uh, killed in a very violent way uh, in the middle of this in the middle of the city with a car bomb um, and you know these are people it's a small country so this is somebody i knew this is somebody who was friends with a lot of my friends and the question that keeps coming back to us every time these things happen is when will it ever end? Because it just keeps happening. You're talking, of course, of the car bombing and killing of Mohammed Hatta, Lebanon's former finance minister. He's also an opposition figure. And I know you knew him. Tell us who he was. Uh, Mr. Shatta was very much the brain of the, um, the Sunni opposition at the moment. He was an advisor to Saad Hariri. Of course, Saad Hariri and Mr. Shatta uh, were very much critics of Syria's President Bashar al-Assad. And minutes before Mr. Shatah was killed, he sent out a tweet that was as well critical uh, of Hezbollah and, uh, and Syria. Now, you yourself lived through a lot of Syrian occupation of Lebanon. You were 13 years old in 1990 when Hafez al-Assad's army marched into Lebanon. Uh, Hafez al-Assad, of course, is the father of Syria's current leader, Bashar. If you can think back to that moment and how you thought about how it all worked, how has your worldview changed? Well, I was a young teenager at the time, and your worldview then is very much shaped by the little that you've seen. But my world was very limited by the environment that we were living in. We were in a war. We were spending a lot of time in shelters. Uh, We lived under shelling. I couldn't go to school sometimes because of snipers. 
then to try to explain the chaos around you, you simplify things to the very basics. There must be someone in charge because I'm not in control of the chaos around me. So who could it be? Well, the world powers, they are the ones who are pulling the strings or making it happen or divvying up uh, the region the way they want to. Of course, as an adult, you understand that that's not exactly how it works, but it is still the perspective that a lot of people hold on to in this region. I talk to people in Beirut constantly, or friends from Syria who tell me, oh, you know, if the U.S. wanted the war in Syria to end, it would be over tomorrow. And it's quite eerie for me to hear that, because that's exactly what my father used to say when I was growing up in Beirut during the civil war. If America wanted the war to be over, the conflict would end tomorrow. So the geopolitics of it are much more complex. But I do also believe that it's not necessarily nefarious. Lebanon is always being put upon by one...